Microphone. Um, I hope you guys can hear me in the chat room. That would be great if you could let me know if you could hear me. It's really awesome to be Friday. I'm ready for the weekend. I have no topic. I actually have um, a whole bunch of topics I could explore, but I'm, I'm kind of in one of those moods where none of those things really appeal to me. Although, eventually, we are going to talk about this whole cocaine, um, um, cocaine thing fandom. Come on now. We're going to talk about it. But first, I want to tell you a story about my husband, and it happened today. He comes upstairs having watched this um, found footage thing, um, fake, obviously, from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, and how Leatherface, and it, it, it's on YouTube, you can find it, um, Leatherface uh, kills um, these two cops on camera, and it's supposed to look like real footage, you know, real crime scene footage, and it's like found footage, you know, I'll play which project. Um, so he comes upstairs, and he was talking about it, and he said, you know, he asked me how much of that was based on a true story, and I said, well, it's um, Leatherface is based on Edward Gein, and... Um, uh, he was a serial killer, and um, or I said more like a necrophiliac, actually, who only killed two people, but that we know of. Um, so we started talking about it, right? And uh, we were on Wikipedia reading his Wikipedia entry. <laughs> and then for some reason, we moved on to Jeffrey Dahmer, because um, he said that he thought Edward Gein was the most fucked up killer that you know in modern time. And I said, no, that's definitely Jeffrey Dahmer. He is definitely the most fucked up of any uh, you know modern serial killer. And um, so we flipped over to Jeffrey Dahmer, and they're both from Wisconsin, right? <laughs> My husband's reading this, and he goes, "What the fuck, Wisconsin? What's wrong with you?" <laughs> so, for those of you who are in Wisconsin, I got some bad news. The cock provider is never going to your state. <laughs> Wisconsin is completely off our bucket list forever. <laughs> I'm just just putting that out there. The snow made you bitches crazy. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for you. I I hope it's not in the water. Oh, anyways, so that was just a just a funny because it, it reminded me of that map where they were talking about all the things that get googled on in, in different states. And Alaska's favorite Google topic is Nicolas Cage. What's wrong with you, Alaska? Come on now, seriously, what's wrong with you? Anyways. <clears throat> <coughs> 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 In fandom this week, one of the moderators came a story where they were in a sex scene, and the um, one of the cocks in the sex scene was described as being as um, large in circumference as a Coke can. For reference, a Coke can is eight and a half, almost nine inches around. 
in diameter, in circumference. You know, it's that thick. The average human penis is anywhere from four to five. Now, while it is true that a woman's vagina is stretchy and it expands during arousal, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever come across a cock this big, you lock your knees together and move on. I am so serious. Just because you can push out a nine-pound baby through your hoo-ha does not mean you should practice with a dick. I'm all about a big dick. I love it. And I have been actually um, told um, that I write unrealistic cock. Let me say no, I don't actually. I have had one that big. Um, I I never write more than nine and a half um, inches because... I have I've taken nine and a half inches, and I took it very well, thank you. And um, it was great. It was kind of like climbing Mount Everest. I mean, <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes when you see something like that, you're thinking, oh, now I know where all crazy-ass white dudes are thinking when they climb Mount Everest. I feel so challenged right now. Mission accepted. <laughs> And sometimes you're like, holy shit, no, what, what, where did you get that? Is something wrong with you? None of your other parts are giant. Why is your dick a giant? It makes no sense, but there it is. I did, Tyson Vine John does have a big dick, and it is modeled after one. It's very dear to my heart. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Azura says she does not want a tree shoved in her shame basket. I the, the first time I heard the term shame basket to refer to um, the vagina, I was uh, so shocked I couldn't even be offended. But it is kind of offensive, isn't it, to call it a shame basket? Um. <clears throat> But also kind of funny. Um, I think that porn is kind of like a freak show. You know, like those freak shows that they used to have where they would have creepy people in cages pretending to be monsters. I think that in porn, um, when you see a guy who um, has a 13-inch dick and it's 7 inches in circumference, as Holly just pointed out in the chat room, that there is a porn star with those measurements. Um not only is he an outlier, but he's genuinely freakish. Uh, I don't see how a man that large continuously keeps a completely full erect penis. I really don't. Um, even um, even ten inches, which I have seen but not taken a ride on. Um, it's difficult to, I mean, they get full, the dick gets full, but the dick doesn't get completely hard. And uh, penetration is, (sighs) 
I had it described to me as more like how did she, she said it was kind of floppy. She said it was kind of floppy. And so I <laughs> Your body can take a more length than you assume. Um your vagina will stretch to accommodate. Uh, but as we discussed in a previous um, show, uh, the penis is not su- supposed to go past the cervix. So if you've got a big dick, guys, you should not be trying to level up in the vagina. Um, <laughs> the cervix is not a a second level. There's nothing back there that you need access to with your dick. Just keep that in mind. No, really, because honestly, I think that after a certain point, it's not even useful. I mean, really, for me, anything above 10 inches is kind of like, eh, no, I don't actually need that much. The only thing more horrifying than a guy who's really long is a guy who's really thin and long. It's kind of like having a pencil shoved into your vagina. Only a little bit bigger than a pizza. Than a... <laughs> hey, now, I'm one of those old farts who can't read the small print. In the chat room, if you're in the chat room, please make sure your font is on 22. That works best for me. And don't pick one of those fonts that's really skinny. Um, but pencil dicks are uh, really disappointing. Um, they are actually almost more disappointing than a short penis because if he's really, I mean, if he's five inches on the thick side, seven inches on the length is is going to be fine because for me, um, a lot of times width is more um, pleasurable than than length so a thin penis is really super unattractive across the board because uh, you you end up feeling like you've been stabbed <laughs> it's, it's it's not good it, it really is not it's much better um but you could get a little bigger uh sorry for those of you on the podcast i know it's weird when i talk to you in the chat room and you're like what the fuck is she talking about she's so weird um how is this uh, headset working out for you guys? Is there any static or anything going on? Let let me know in the chat room. Um, it's comfortable. It sounds much better. I mean, it, it feels actually much better than my other one, which kind of hooked into my ear. Um. <laughs> so it says, can I borrow your cellular to call my record? Oh no, your tire's all flat and junk. Anyways, I uh, if it sounds really good, I might try to do some audiobooks of my short works for myself. I don't know. I don't like really. I don't really don't like audiobooks. To be perfectly honest, I broke eleven uh, k on part thirty. Of Harry Potter and the Soulmate Barn. My goal is 20. 
and I've written about about 6k in two days so I hope to finish that actually sometime Monday um, blank space is in beta for those of you who are interested in waiting on that um, and, it, and it topped out around 59k I think so and I'm thinking about adding a scene that I left out that I'm going to go back and add during the beta and um my book fall for you I got my second edits from my editor I mentioned that last night and so I'm working on those as well and um it looks really good and um I'm really super proud of it and so I'm uh, I hope you guys will enjoy that <clears throat> I currently have Bob the Minion sitting on my lap my mom bought me Bob the Minion so I have a plushie of Bob the Minion and he sits on my lap Um, <clears throat> I literally have nothing to talk about. In fact, my short pitch was, eh. That was my whole short pitch. E-H. Eh. Eh. That's it. That was my whole short pitch. And for those of you who don't know what the short pitch is, is Blog Talk makes me do um, a summary and a short pitch. And the short pitch is supposed to show up places, but I've never seen it anywhere. So I just put whatever I want in it and... Um, it's not one day they're gonna start showing up. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Kara?" And it'll be like, "There you go, there you go." Um, in uh part thirty of Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, I'm I'm procrastinating a little because I have plotted a minor character death and I'm not sure I can follow through with it. <laughs> so it's a little. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm going to get there, though. Um, and so it may or may not happen. I think that a lot of times anatomical mistakes in fandom come down to um, inexperience. There are a lot of um, young people in especially the Harry Potter fandom. It's it's very young. Um, there are lots of young writers in Harry Potter where you get into a fandom like Stargate, where most of the writers are, you know, older, uh, Harry Potter, the the anime fandoms, um, Twilight, they're full of uh, young writers, and a lot of them are young female writers, and so they're not exactly familiar with um, how a penis works, Um and it's not always just because they're virgins. It's, I mean, they could have actually already had sex once or twice and still be pretty much in the dark about how a penis works. Let's be honest. Um, and it doesn't help that sex education in America is so ridiculously um, Puritan. I mean, they're practically telling these kids to fuck through a sheet. Okay? So, you know, I mean, not literally, but, you know, it's just, it's these... They're not being taught what sex is, how sex works. They're not being taught. A lot of states teach abstinence only and don't even teach them about sex at all. When I was in school, they did not, there was a diagram of the vagina and they didn't, they omitted the clitoris. 
from the diagram. And when it was pointed out, the instructor said she wasn't allowed to discuss the clitoris. And I asked her, I said, with boys or with girls or with both? And she said, with neither. I said, well, that certainly explains a few things. There are high school boys right now who probably have no idea what the clitoris is. They probably won't learn till after college. Because, you know, when you're young, as, as a young woman, you're, you're not always comfortable asking your partner to get you off. And so a lot of young women end up faking it or not uh, acknowledging that they're not getting the same pleasure out of sex that their partner is getting. And um, well, sometimes they're even you know, under the impression that it really isn't for them anyway, that it's for the boy. And uh, oh, it's terrible. I think one of the reasons why um, the sex scenes in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bomb became so explicit is because I really wanted Hermione to own her pleasure and to be um, open and excited about it and, and not be ashamed of of enjoying herself and enjoying being with Harry that way because um, a lot of young women don't have that kind of example in fiction, um, which I think is one reason why the, the new adult line, um, the new adult lines that um, publishers have been putting out for the last four or five years are really super important. Um, we can reach out to a lot of young women who haven't had the, the education that, that they needed sexually um, and, and teach them and show them what a good lover would be like and what you should expect from um, sex. And if you're not getting this, um, there's a problem somewhere, whether it be um, physical or just the, your dude's an asshole or you're not articulating your needs well. These days, they're not even allowed to show kids a condom in um, some of these success classes. They don't pass out condoms. They don't show them condoms. They don't even use that whole banana thing. Nothing. Not a. They just don't do it at all. And, um, it's it's really it's really really terrible that a lot of kids pick up their sex education online watching porn and reading porn and reading fan fiction and reading terribly inaccurate sex in fan fiction as well <clears throat> It's just, it's really, it's super frustrating. I am so bored out of my skull. I <laughs> And I'm rarely ever bored on the radio show, but I am super bored right now. I, um, I haven't been sleeping well and... I'm all bitchy and whiny and 
I'm probably PMSing. You know, for those of those men who assume that anytime a woman is pissy that she's PMSing, that is actually probably quite true for me at this very moment. I probably am PMSing. Um, We talked about lubrication in the past and, and what you can use for lube and, and what you can't use for lube. And here's a rule of thumb. If you would not put it in your mouth, do not put it in your vagina or your ass. Would you put Vicks in your mouth? No, you would not. So you have no business putting Vicks Vapor Rub in your ass. Please don't confuse literal gun oil with the lubrication called gun oil. They are very different. Would you eat cream rinse? No, you would not. So you should not put that in your ass. If you would not put it in your mouth, it does not need to go in your ass. That's actually across the board, up into and including the dick. If you see a dick that you wouldn't suck, don't let that dude put it in your body. I'm just saying. If you don't want that shit in your mouth, why on earth would you want it in your ass or in your puss? Come on now. That's a, yeah, there's an exception. Do not, not everything that goes in your mouth should go in your ass. Like toothpaste, you're absolutely right. And food products. But the general rule is, is if you're considering using it for lubrication in your asshole first, but would not put it in your mouth, then it does not need to go in your ass. I mean, just across the board. Cream rinse is often used in fan fiction. Um, vegetable oil, Crisco, olive oil, those things have all been used. Olive oil is historically... <coughs> was historically used as a lubrication. True fact. Um, so it's not exactly, um, it's, 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 or, it's not a bad choice. It isn't a great choice, but it's not a bad choice. I, supremely unsafe. Do you know how many people die in the shower every year? There's no need to add acrobatics to in a situation that's already kind of deadly. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, it actually depends on the kind of olive oil you buy. Um, Twisted Ryder said the olive oil that is historical is not the modern stuff. Well, the olive oil that was used in the past wasn't nearly as pure as the olive oil you use today. And if you buy really expensive olive oil, you can get thick stuff. There's um, different presses of olive oil. There's different um, uh, filtering processes. But uh, olive oil in the past was really thick and viscous, but it also wasn't as filtered and as pure as the olive oil you can buy today. Do I recommend you use olive oil for lubrication? No. But mostly because it's super expensive. Olive oil is really expensive. Do not waste olive oil in your ass. I'm just, it's expensive. Lubrication is much cheaper.
honestly, there are a lot of lubrications that are actually designed for women and should not be used in the ass because they don't stay where you put them. When you're having anal sex, you need a lubrication that's thick, that's um, not sticky. It has to be fluid. It has to be, you know, smooth. But also, it has to be thick enough to stay where you put it. Because if you put it in and it slides right out, that's not, you're not lubricating the area you need lubricated to have sex. Um, you also, if you're having sex in water, you, you want a lubrication that is um, water safe in that it won't degrade in water so that you end up getting friction burns on your dick. Uh, just lubrication. Now, a lot of fan fiction writers get accused of too much preparation and too much lubrication when it comes to gay sex. And that's probably true. But I think that um, the lesson to be learned that for women like a lot of foreplay and women consider um, that sort of preparation um, to be uh, intimate and romantic and um, sexy and um, thoughtful and foreplay. Uh, I have had a variety of sex, and I have never, ever, ever let a man in my ass without a thorough preparation. It has to be thorough. Thorough. I'm just saying. Rowan says that too much is almost enough, and that's right. That's right. I don't, you know, sometimes when you're having vaginal sex, you want a little burn. I don't want a little burn in the back door. <laughs> I don't. It needs to be smooth. It needs to be smooth sailing <laughs> all the way. <laughs> just no, just no. Um, anyways, I, I literally have nothing to talk about. I'm... Um, I'm also hungry. I'm going to put Lady Holder on the phone for a little bit. And then I'm going to put Juliet on the phone for a little bit. You know, one of the things that, that I didn't, I, I, I put it together just because of the fun of it. And, you know, why not? Might as well. But um, I really wasn't kidding when I put that post together um, about um, the visual aid stuff. Because I didn't quite realize how bad it was. I mean, I had a I had a pretty good clue, but all of the things that I put up were things that, you know, at one point or another have have been described as going into as as Haley says a set of nethers. <laughs> and I'm I'm I've got my post up um, to to make another one um, about you know things that. that if you're going to be slick, you know, you might as well be, you know, appropriately slick. And think, I mean, I'm, I'm really tempted things to put not, you know, this is what you don't do and list the whole mess and list of, um, you know, all the things that are appropriate and, <laughs> and just, you know, have, have a good time with that because, you know, there's, there's actually a loop called gun oil. I think you mentioned that. 
Yeah. Um, and it's not aimed at women. It's aimed at guys. Um, and as Barbara says, ain't had nothing twixt, betwixt my nethers that don't run on batteries, as per Kaylee. Um, Jane was real interested to find out about that. Anyhow. <laughs> Poor Mal. Anywho, um, but it's um, you know there, there's 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 that there's the was it is it boy butter who I think is the one that is basically the the solid Crisco like lube. Yeah, that's you what know, you use for anal sex. That's the kind of stuff you need yes. to use for anal sex. It stays where you put it. It's a very it's fairly good. solid. Um, it uh, it's. It's very nice, actually. It's very nice. I don't recommend it for vaginal sex, though. It's it's too thick for vaginal sex. Julie says it's good for fisting. Maybe that's not an experience that I've had. She said anal uh, fisting, you know? not not vaginal. Um, I w- I would imagine so because it's very thick. But I don't recommend yes. it for the vagina. I think it's too thick for the vagina. Yeah, there's the. If if somebody must go wander, you know, there's stuff for Amazon, which apparently they have, they have it in a pump bottle. Of course I do. Things I never wanted. Yes. Hey, here's the gunwale stuff. That's very convenient. I, yeah. Well, you know, come on. I'm the one who wants to go and make sure I write a scene where um, there's, you know, four or five 55-gallon drums that are nice and blue and plastic, and they all have attached to them pumps because, you know, somebody went wandering around Amazon and found them. Do you remember that, me posting that? Um, one thing that one thing needs to be pointed out is that boy butter is, is oil-based. It's not water-based. Mm-hmm. So it's not ideal um, to use on toys. And because it will degrade your toys, and of course it will degrade condoms. So this is not a lubrication you would use with somebody you're um, comfortable toying. Well, no, you 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 can't use a condom with an oil-based lube because that lubrication no. is going to degrade the condom and break it. So if you're having sex with somebody that you um, have to use condoms with, then boy butter is off the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goldilocks says, "I learned so much about sex here." <laughs> we try. Oh man! Thank you. And, and there is a water-based hey. boy butter, but boy butter is also very expensive, um, just based on what hey, other lubricants cost. So, um, true. But you know, if you're if you're going to go for the very best, you might as well go for broke. I guess it really yeah. depends on how often you have anal sex. Um, um, important to you if um, if it's of uh, the intimacy you wish to achieve with your partner. Um, Why in the hell is this sold here? Everything um, is sold I, on Amazon. It's not Amazon. It's Sears. Um, uh, see. You know what that 50-gallon job of um, lubrication again? Because it actually has industrial purposes, which is probably why it's for sale 
at Sears. No, that was the boy, the boy butter, the water-based boy butter. <laughs> who knew Sears? <laughs> yeah, I was serious. I mean, no joke. That that was I was not kidding. Uh, there you go. Julie says try out water-based silicone. And I agree because sometimes you'll have a lubrication that just simply does not agree with you. Um, <coughs> and it doesn't yes, work but- well. It um, it dries up on you when it's not supposed to. Or it um, it does too much or it does so I think it's really super important that you find a combination that works really well for you. Um, yeah, this, by the way, this is Passion Natural Water-Based Lubricant. But you must, must use a water, water or, I think you can use silicone as well with condoms. You can use silicone with condoms. Oh, and hey, it's got financing. Hey, Julie says you can use, I, I thought so, but. Um, it's super important that you never, ever, ever use a petroleum or oil-based lubrication condoms. It will degrade the condom, and the condom will break. Uh, read the comments on that last one I put up, folks. If you, um, For anybody who's coming afterwards, I have no idea where you're going to find this, but yeah, yeah. And girls, girls, if if you're listening, um, let me be perfectly clear. Even that big giant dick I posted on Twitter, even mm-hmm. that there that whole collection of doom dicks that Azure keeps for us on her Tumblr, mm-hmm. her sacrifice is acknowledged. We appreciate you. I appreciate it. And the time that you give to our doom yes. dick collection. You're, you're the curator of our Doom Dick collection. Is it greatly appreciated? Even the biggest one of those, there is a condom on the market that will fit it. Do not let some stupid motherfucker tell you he can't wear a condom because it's too small. Send his ass to the store to get some magnums. Frankly, if his dick is too big for a condom, you don't want to ride that shit anyway. Send his ass packing. He does not care about you or your health. Send his ass packing. The decision to not use condoms should be done when you're not having sex. Number one. Number two. It should be a mutual decision, not one you're pressured into making by your other partner. Whether it's two men or a man, woman, or human, use the dental dam until you're both comfortable. Do not let someone pressure you into foregoing protection against pregnancy and STDs. I'm so serious. I have a cousin who is currently um, in her sophomore year of college, and she is five months pregnant because her boyfriend talked her into not using condoms, and she was on the pill, 
but she didn't take the pills like she was supposed to, and now she's pregnant and sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. She's going to lose a year because she's going to take a year off after the baby's born. About the, the, the baby's due um, pretty soon. I think she's going to finish off this semester. And then she'll be out of school for a year. The likelihood that she'll go back, it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. After a year of taking care of a baby, is there going to be the time or the finances for her to go back to school? Who knows? Her parents are really upset. She was on a full scholarship, a full ride, and she's going to lose that because she's taking a year off school, and she really has no choice. Both her parents work. They can't afford to not work. They can't afford daycare. She's, she's, and the boy, he disappeared. It figures. It, it does figure. Not only did he disappear, his parents transferred him to a different college. And she's going to have to force a paternity test on him to get child support. Yeah, he sounds like a real winner. I do not consider a baby a life-ruining event. So if it happens to you, your, your life is not ruined. But your life is changed, and your plans, whatever plans you have, they're going to have to be adjusted and and sacrificed to make room mm-hmm. for this kid that you didn't plan and you were not ready for. Yep, there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration now. And you this know. is probably going to be the most feminist thing I've ever said, and I'm going to say it. Men use pregnancy women. They legislate it. They legislate our birth control. They legislate abortion. They legislate. They, they don't give you maternity leave. They fire you for getting pregnant. They do you for being pregnant without being married. They get you pregnant, then resent child support over and over again. As a society, women are controlled by their vagina and their ability to produce children. Do not let some man do this to you against your will. Don't go there. And don't let him go there. And the first time you encounter a man who encourages you to not use a condom because he doesn't like it, it doesn't feel good, it makes him you punch him in the face and tell him to get the fuck off. He doesn't get to use his dick to rearrange your life. Get you a new one. By the way, you're skipping. Um, I don't know why. I'm just sitting no, here. I don't either. I know. The, the, a piece of, of, of advice and a lot of um, a lot of things I read nowadays don't talk about the things that can kill you. Okay? Um, sex is seen as what one of the the alternate sports uh, that that happens to run around the planet, 
And it's true. It is a hell of a lot of fun, and there are some people who definitely win gold medals in in, in providing it. Um, but, you know, it's if you're if you're going to indulge in it, make sure that before you do it, you, you know all the dangers because the diseases that I grew up hearing, and, and, and I know this, I mean, God, I sound like, you know, the, the little old lady screaming at kids to get off her lawn. Um, they're still there. They're still just as deadly, okay? And they may take longer to kill you, all right? But there's things that are um, that you take your life into your hands if you do it. And by the way, pregnancy can kill you. Okay, it's not something that you you glide through and it doesn't have risks. Okay, it is probably the riskiest thing any woman ever does. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even even in a first world country, if you want to call the United States that, pregnancy kills women every day. I mean, and women die on average, statistically speaking, every day giving birth in a Mm -hmm. hospital. They're not giving birth on the side of the road or – these women are giving birth in hospitals and they die. Mm-hmm. It, is the, yep. it is the most dangerous thing you do with your body. That being said, don't be afraid of sex. Don't be afraid to enjoy sex. You are entitled to an orgasm, ladies, and do not let uh-huh. anybody tell you otherwise. And that's true. That's across the board. Everybody is entitled to an orgasm. To have one legally with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it. One of the things that really upset me about my niece's um, abstinence um, only education. Um, Mm-hmm. that she was told that um that sex was for um marriage and uh not once throughout this entire conversation was she told uh that she was allowed to enjoy it here here's the thing for me with that you know and and it's a it's a horrible thing to say but the um, people who put together those um, those presentations, they're not they're not interested in in girls getting told you know that that they can enjoy it. Okay. No, no, no. We're taught to fear it. Like Jenna says in the chat room, we're taught to hate it and fear it, and we're taught not to ask for it. We're taught if we enjoy it, we're whores, and if we're whores, we have no value, Um, and Mm -hmm. that's just the society um, that we live in in America. And it is vastly different in other countries. In some cases, it's better. In some cases, it is 25,000 times worse. Mm Mm-hmm. In some countries, a woman can be stoned to death for being raped. To give you an idea how horrible it is, there's um, a village in India 
that ordered two girls ages 15 and 23 to be gang raped because their brother eloped with a married woman. See? Yeah. No joke. Real, real legit. It, and and that's, that's horrifying, you know, that they think that that so, is appropriate. I think that I would tell anybody, young people, anything is don't let somebody pressure you with sex, male or female. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a boy and you're dating somebody, um, male or female, and that person wants to have sex and you don't, you don't have sex. It's, it's it's that simple. Don't let somebody guilt you into having sex. If they're so ramped up to have sex, tell them to go home and masturbate. Their erection is not, is not your, your responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not. If your girlfriend so wants to climb on your dick and you're not in the mood for it, you tell her to push off. You take her to the mm-hmm. toy store. You buy her a dick, shut the door, and walk away. She will appreciate you for your agents of her honoring her interests and her desire to have to get off. But also, you can maintain your own agency and your own autonomy. You don't have to fuck her unless you want. And are perfectly allowed to say no. You may say no to your wife. You may say no to your husband. You don't have to have sex with somebody just because they want to have sex. You are not required to give somebody sex when they ask for it. And here's the thing. If they try that nice, tired, old, if you love me, you you sleep with me, Um, (sighs) run, run so far. You know, nope. This is your home. Nobody is entitled to come in and and um, spray all over its walls unless you invite them. Okay. Gross. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got this image of a dude in a full hazmat suit with a with a hand spray painting the walls. <laughs> little bit of this here, little bit of this there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I had a friend who's um she was dating a guy and he kept pressuring her for sex and she kept saying that there could be a situation where um he was ignoring her saying no and she realized that he was going to rape her. And she said it. She said it to his face. You're raping me. And she said he literally turned green in the face. I mean, he his face went green. And he got off of the bathroom and threw up. Because it's the last thing that he would have wanted Thought to do. And he had no, and he really had no concept of the idea that that's what that's what he was doing. 
And it was mm-hmm. rape because she was saying no, and he was trying to seduce her. And I put that seduce in quotes. I I used finger quotes over here. He was trying to seduce her, mm-hmm. and she was saying no, and he wasn't paying attention. And so she said point blank to his face, you're raping me. Mm-hmm. And it shook loose any idea he had of seduction. Yeah, because it's not... And if she had said anything, he said later he was so, he was horrified on more than one level because he thought that he was, he thought what what was happening was consensual and he was pushing the line, but he, he felt like he could talk her into it. And it had never crossed his mind. It had never once been said to his face that that was inappropriate behavior. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And that he didn't realize what he was doing wasn't, um, wasn't he didn't understand. He didn't understand no, he um, the the line between, um, uh, and, you know, she she told him, she said, you know, the, the thing is, is seduction is consensual. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything about it is consensual. When someone is seducing you, it's because you want to be seduced. He was so upset. This dude was so upset that he ended up in therapy and he actually called four women that he had dated in the past to make sure he had not exceeded their consent boundary because he stupidly misunderstood Mhm. What was going on with this woman that he was currently dating? Um and it, it just it he said it really opened his eyes and uh when they finally did and they're married now, when they finally did have sex, she had to initiate it. It took her a year of having sex with this man to get him to make the first move because he was so horrified by what he almost did out of ignorance. And I have to wonder how many men there are out there like that who are genuinely ignorant of what um, seduction is and what uh, that that pressure, uh, that pressuring of, of, of a partner to have sex with you, what that really means. And that when someone gives in, when a woman gives in and have sex with a man, is she giving in because she or is she giving in because she's afraid he's going to get violent with her if she doesn't? Horrifically, it's probably the second. Well, of course it's the second. I mean, a lot of the time, I think it has to be the second. Because if you go in a situation not wanting to have sex, you don't want to have sex. Because when a woman wants to have sex, she puts on the sexy underwear. She's going to bathe extra special. She's going to shave her legs. She goes into a situation knowing she wants to have sex. But if she goes into a situation not prepared to have sex, there's not sex on her mind when she's getting dressed that day or, you know, getting ready for this Mm -hmm. date or whatever is going on. Um She's not planning to have sex, and she's being pressured into having sex, and there has to be this, oh, well, I'll just give in because I don't care. I'll give in because I don't want him to hurt me. I really do like him a lot, and I want him to like me, so I need to Mm -hmm. have sex with him. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, And so, you know, it's just, it becomes a, 
it becomes a thing. And um it's 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 terrible. It's it's terrible across the board, not only for young women, but for young men as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. while, while genuinely there are men out there who have no problem raping a, a woman, I think a lot of times these these boys simply don't understand what the boundary is, and how it works, what seduction really means, and mm-hmm. how to. Um, function in a relationship where consent is always mutual. A lot of men are touching women. Okay, you just fuzzed out again. I don't know what's going on with that, but me neither. Yeah. Mm. Um. So. Men and women are taught to um, be afraid of it. And what does that produce in our society? It produces, I'm not saying it's the, the only rape culture in this country, but I think it has to be a factor in, in rape culture that men are mm-hmm. taught to expect sex from a woman, whereas women are taught to fear it. Not to enjoy it, not to hate it, not to do it. You know, we're we're just we're just taught no, 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 no. You're not supposed to want it. You're not supposed to like it to do it. And then you have this man who expects to have it. Mhm. Well, he's he's taught that you know in, in entitled to one it. of those. Te- yes, that his his pleasure is the thing that's important because hers is never mentioned. And as you as you said, you know. Um, the 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 clip was never mentioned, you know, in in um, in sex ed. I know I I don't even remember what was in mine, but I, I know it was very um, very sparse. I think I learned more from from horribly eighties um, Harlequin romances than I did from my sex ed teacher. And that's and terrible, that's right? Separate. I know. Considering what they taught back then. Taught oh, yeah. What they and, were. Yeah. It's yeah, really that's... no surprise to me that women in my age group are so enamored with Christian Grey. And I'm not bashing Fitchette's Red Knight. I'm, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, yeah. is that if you cut your teeth on 80s romances, Bodice Rippers and Harlequin, mm-hmm. you were that alpha male who controls everything and controls you is what you want because he loves you. He wants to control you because he loves you. And all those books were about that. So of course women in our age group um, say, I don't know, 30, 50. We all cut our teeth mm-hmm. on those uh, those bodice ripper novels where the pirate rescues the woman only to fuck her. Oh no no! Please don't, Pirate King! Please. Oh yes, Pirate King! Yes, Pirate King! <laughs> Every single okay. time. Every time. You know and that so, thing about you doing the the the, the um, audio books of your own yeah. stuff. Yeah. Don't do voices. Do not do voices. <laughs> I'm totally doing voices. <laughs> I'm just saying it 
really does is me that Christian Grey as mm-hmm. is viewed as sexy and powerful and desirable because that's what these women um mm-hmm. read when they were young and they want that rich, powerful man who loves them so much they have to control every single aspect of your goddamn life. Like that's appropriate. Let me call you a wrecker. Oh, no. <laughs> I got no phone because I'm a pot. Oh. Okay, bye. Oh, yeah. You know, Anyways. It, it's, it's, re- <clears throat> it's really horrifying because I'm sitting here, I'm putting together another post because um, – you know, might as well enjoy myself for, for the fun of it. And I've got, I've got some stuff, and I didn't realize how horrific some of this stuff is just to think about. You know. Um, oh, and that's just really bad. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm like shocked that out without laughing. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say <laughs> Just, can you check my oil levels, too? Please, you big, strong wrecker man. <laughs> So, so you know, it, wrong. <laughs> it, it really doesn't surprise me at all that Christian Grey is is popular among a a certain set of of women. Oh, subset. Uh, because uh, they were exposed to that kind of crap at a very young age. And I remember being um, about nineteen or twenty, and me and my mom were in a used bookstore, which is fastly becoming a. a species and um we were indeed. we were in the used bookstore and mom picked up a book and i'm not gonna tell you the author's name um but she's kind of like famous for forced seduction oh i think i have a clue um he's home sure <laughs> and uh she picked up the book she said have, have you read this one i said no i stopped reading that crap because i got really tired of her writing a hero that's basically a rapist. Mm-hmm. And she said, she doesn't write that. I said, open it up, Mama. Open it up. Just open it up, and that's where the first sex scene's going to be. And she, she laughed, but she did it, and she found the first sex scene. I said, so what's she saying here? And Mom said, she's saying no. And I watched this my, my mom's face morph. I said, so what's she saying right here? And she said, she's still saying no. I said, read on that point where he fucks her. At any point, did she say yes? And my mom was like, she she paled. Mm-hmm. Right there in the middle of this used bookstore. And the heroine of this particular book didn't start saying, didn't start to encourage his behavior until he was four or five thrusts into fucking her. Mm-hmm. It became no, no, no. Oh, yes, that's so, that's so good. You were right. I didn't know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. My mom, she went through every book she owned, and we traded a hundred and seventy-two books at the used bookstore. Jesus. Every single one of them, the first sex scene was rape.
things we don't realize, you know, and, and I'm willing to bet that there's a fair number of the ones that I have sitting on my shelves, that would pretty much be the same way. Oh, I, yeah, haven't, but, I haven't cracked them open in ages. Because that's what they were taught to write. That's what those publishers wanted. They wanted that forced seduction crap. Seeing guidelines, yep. and even in the early 90s, they were asking for that kind of shit. He has to be a strong alpha male. He has to, we need forced seduction. We need this, this, and this. So, of course, these writers who wanted to make money were writing this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, really, honestly, I'm really glad I cut my teeth on Harlequin Desire books. Because while they were formula they, that that formula was very safe for a young woman because um, they had love before they had sex, and um, there was no forced seduction in Harlequin Desire books. And those are those little books that were re- the, the little red ones. I've got a whole bunch of those. The men were heroic, and they weren't allowed to do bad things, and... Um, I don't know who was editing that line um, in in the 80s and 90s, but I super appreciate that person because they uh, I I was very safe reading those mm-hmm. books. And my mom got she was, um, she belonged to their book club, and you know the heroes were always heroic, and even if they were an asshole, they were never an asshole to the heroine, and uh-huh. they. There was love there, and this, of course, the sex was minimal. It was always kind of glossed over, and you know, flowers uh-huh. bloomed and stuff, which was pay for my age, uh, you know. And uh-huh. so, the the first time I read a forced seduction, it made me deeply uncomfortable. I was in my uh-huh. teens. And I continued to read them because my mom had a whole bunch of them. Um, I was also reading a lot of science fiction at the time and a lot of fantasy. Uh-huh. I, I read The Hobbit. I read The Rings. I read. I was a huge fan of Heinlein. Um, I remember reading. Uh, oh God, I love those books. I fucking Friday. love Friday. Robert Heinlein. Hein- oh. Heinlein Hi, uh, Hi, I think it's Heinlein who did Friday. I think so. Yeah. Which honestly, to this day, it has is one of my favorites because it had a it had a great deal of, of impact on me because I read it in my in, in my mid teens. All right, and and reading the book Friday as a, a mid teen, and the he did not dumb a damn thing down. You know, I have a absolute point out to Rowan. Hold on, Rowan says the closest to romance I read is what might have been. If you read anything on my side, you're reading romance because that's what I write. I'm a romance writer, mm-hmm. so if you read my work, everything that I write except for the plot, what plot is romance. It's all structured mm-hmm. like a romance. Every single bit of it. I think Ties That Bind is probably the most romantic work I've ever done. Fan fiction or professional. Overtly, at least. Yeah. It's it's got some serious shoop on there. I mean it yeah. is you know, yeah. I think well. My ones that are just sex, the plot, what plot, they probably are not romantic, so to speak. They're not considered, they're not what I would consider a romance. They're more erotica. But everything else on my site is a romance. There was a mm-hmm. uh, male minion who I was in chat with once, and he said, oh, I don't read romance. And I said, then why the hell are you on my site? 
And he said, what? I said, you know, you, you realize that everything on my site is a romance, right? And oddly enough, this was a Harry Hermione shipper. I realized that all those Harry Hermione stories and Harry Potter, they're romances. Mm-hmm. Every single Every- one of them. So stop dissing romance like you don't read it. Mhm. You know, here's the other thing about it. Since mostly, since it's mostly women who write fanfic, you know, and we all learned, or most of us learned, the the art of writing by reading, you know, stuff. If if most of us have probably at least picked up a romance novel in our life, yeah, it's it's pretty well structured like a romance, forever and ever and always. Huh. I don't know. Let's see. Hmm. But I read a variety of things. I read suspense. I read the. I read erotica. I read science fiction. I read romance. I read. A, I, I I read a lot of romance. And one thing that I really, I really hate is to see. Um, people act and talk like they don't. Romance is deeply disrespected in the writing community. If you're not in the mm-hmm. romance writing community, like to other writers, um, it's disrespectful. Um, they treat romance writers differently than they do other writers. Not in my writing group, because the first time I had um a writer come into the group who uh, was a science fiction writer, um. He dissed. I mean, he totally uh, said that romance was shit and it shouldn't. I said, well, you know what? The fact of the matter is, is that romance is the leading reading market in the United States. Mm-hmm. No other genre makes more money than romance. Bar- you could put all of the others together and they still wouldn't equal what romance makes as far as money is concerned. Mm-hmm. Number two, most of the stuff that you watch in movie theaters is a romance. And at the time, at the time, the mummy was actually in the theater, and he had been talking to sci-fi writer. Sci-fi writer is the one who brought this asshole into our group. Um, so you can see, you, you can see how old this conversation was. Um, uh-huh. And I said, I said, you were talking about the, the mummy earlier. You do realize that nearly sixty-five percent of the plot of that movie was dedicated to the romance between Rick and. Right, mm-hmm. the whole damn thing oh, yeah. is based on love. It was all done for love. It is a fucking romance movie. Oh, and it's a, it, it's very romantic. You know, let's bond. Over and he was not like looking at me like I said. And I said honestly, when you look sci-fi and pure fantasy, the only reason you don't get a romance in those stories is because they take out all the female characters to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Or they take out all the male if you're going to have an all-female crew, but that one's right. incredibly rare. And right. People get all bitchy because they don't have any guys in there. Yeah. And Cinna comments that she would like to point out that even the, the villain is ro- is motivated by romance. Yes. Uh, oh, Pat, yeah. Um, epic he, love. <laughs> epic, epic romance. Uh, unfortunately for him, it kind of, but oh, well, not our problem. <laughs> oh, God, he was so heartbroken um, in 
part two when she didn't come yes. for him the way Evie came for Rick. Yes. I mean, he was so heartbroken by her refusal to help him. Now, here's the thing mm-hmm. that is most awesome about that movie, which was The Mummy 2. Um, in mm-hmm. that scene, Rick is telling Evie, don't, don't, stay where you're safe. And, of course, she's immediately mm-hmm. trying to come to him, right? Well, if mm-hmm. the tub is begging her to help him, and she's refusing yes. to. Yes. So both Evie and Rick were willing to sacrifice themselves to save the other. Whereas those two, who supposedly had some big epic love, were not. They only concerned about, I can't say her name, they were both only concerned about their own safety. And I thought it was so, it was so heartbreaking to realize that they Mm -hmm. had done everything they had done and they weren't really, really deeply in love. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Anak Sinamun and no, she, she. Uh, yeah, Toaster um, is is correct. Toaster Pop says she's self centered, and oh my God, she was. The yeah, you know, um either the the ancient Egyptian version of her, or the one who ended up wearing her, or being being the the um, the meat sack she wore uh, towards the end. Right. You know, she, well, what else do you call it? You know, yeah, but. <laughs> You know, it's um, she power and glory and and not working for it. Lust. Okay, that very much so because for all the fact that in the first um, first movie there was there was a great deal of lust and attraction and um, faintly confused. I want to jump your bones. You know, from Evie to to Rick. Um, they had to work on their marriage because at that point it was a marriage. You know, Imhotep and Anaxunamun never did it. They they had lust. They had lust for each other, lust for power, lust for. Um, they had an affair and they got Genesis. caught. Oh yeah, big time. So yeah, it's you just know? yeah. So yeah, so. Don't I find nothing more intolerable among writers than um the uh the assumption that number one they don't read romance mm-hmm. when they do, whether they realize it or not, and that they don't write romance when they write romance. Let me tell you something. If you worry about a relationship um between two characters and uh whether they have sex or not you're writing a romance, whether they're gay or straight or whether they're just the best of friends. It is a romantic story that you are writing. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you want to realize one that I just, I mean, I just truly realized is an actual romance. The last born. The one with, the, with Jeremy Renner. I've not. Oh yeah, it is. It absolutely is. The born, mm-hmm. um, all the borns are are a romance. Oh, not the one where she yeah. dies. <laughs> the born ultimatum is not a romance. Uh, that's that, that's, that's a pure that's a up pure revenge, revenge flick. flick. 
Yeah, that's, yes. that's a revenge flick. Um, yes, but in some ways, it's still it's he's he's taking revenge for the lo- the loss of the love of his life, and you know, um, more like hell, high water. Yes, yes, come hell, high water, or the nearest explosion, he's going to get what he gets. Um, in the I love Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk is fabulous. Yeah. Lady Hawk is um um Oh It is like God, the best most name. romantic movie I've ever right. I mean I've ever watched. When I at the end at the very end when he's on that horse and he's gonna go kill mm-hmm. the cardinal or whatever he was. Um and mm-hmm. um he was just oh he and the and the bell sounded and he realized he believed her dead and the sound that he made oh my god uh-huh. oh it, it, i can't even think about that without, without getting a little teary and then uh-huh. when he's getting ready to kill the dude he's getting ready to kill her and he hears her time in years and it's her it's his name she says his name it's the first sound he's yeah. heard from her in years and it's his name and he turns around and Rugger Hart isn't the best actor out there but mm-hmm. he was so but, powerful yeah. and mm-hmm. amazing in that movie which is awesome when he picks when he picks her up and all he says is Isabel because he name. just says her name over and over again and, yes it's and just she, it's amazing she doesn't say a word and she goes up to that cardinal and she drops so if you are listening to this and you have not watched Lady Hawk, something is wrong with you. Go, go yes. get this movie. Go get it. Go, yes. go to Amazon and buy it. I, it won't be expensive. It came out in the eighties. No, it is amazing. It is so beautiful yes. and so romantic, and it, it's just, it's really epic. I actually have the soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. I can't listen to the music from the final scene without getting a little teary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's on stream, but I, th- I think Senna is looking, and she will let us know. Um, it is – Amazon does have the DVD, I know, because um, I had to mm-hmm. replace my DVD. It's not on Netflix, um, Jilly Reports. Uh, but you you must, you must watch Lady Hawk. It is uh-huh. – you can you can rent Lady Hawk on Netflix, but you're streaming. Um, just you have to watch Lady Hawk. You just you really have to do it. It is an amazing story. It's, I'm gonna put Jilly on after the, this. Okay. okay, go ahead. I was gonna say of all of the um, the '80s movies that um, are over the top and and schmaltzy and and full of, of, of period of drama and all the weirdness. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the best ones. Um, Barb mentions that what um, Isabeau um, drops in front of the Cardinal are her dresses. Because she was a hawk. Her leash. Her leash, basically. Because, yeah, it's... Mm. Center reports that it's ten dollars to buy on Prime Instant Video in the U.S. for on Amazon. We don't know what it would cost in your country if you're not in the United States. I highly recommend uh, Lady Hawk. If I was going mm-hmm. to do a AU um, crossover 
like on that level, like mixing characters from. I would do Lady Hawk. Really do an AU of of, of Lady Hawk with. It would be great with John and Rodney. Mm. John could be the Hawk. Yeah. Oh, I just plot bunnied myself. I just totally fucking <laughs> plot bunnied myself. Oh my yes. god! Did you guys hear that? Because my brain. Is... Actually, That's my brain. Be... It's sizzling I'm, I'm over gonna, here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna add to it. Since you like um, female um, Bilbo, Bella, oh. Thorn and. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You total bitch. (laughs) This is what happens. This is what happens. I'm putting you on hold. It's time for Jilly because I'm putting you in the corner. Go sit in the corner. Hey, I'm not baby. Thank you, Lady Holder, for joining me. I appreciate it. Yep. You know, I'm obligated to say this. Nobody puts Lady Holder in the corner. <laughs> I did put Lady Holder in the corner. <laughs> it's also a lovely romantic movie, Dirty Dancing. Um, it is. It is. But I, I really get pissed off when people um, dismiss romance or make it seem less than what it is, or because um, because romance is honestly kind of essential to the human experience. One way or another, that attraction, that that just just the whole thing, it's just it's it's really central to um, our species, and so it's just I don't know, it just picks, it just pisses me off. So I just feel about Lady Hawk. I just looked at the highest grossing films adjusted for inflation um, of all time, and the top four are Gone with the Wind, Avatar, Star Wars, and Titanic. At least three of those have a huge romance component. Star Wars, the relationship between Han Solo and Leia across those first three movies, um, it's it's deeply um, moving and romantic to see them go from where they began to the end in um, Our Strikes Back. where in those final moments of that, when Han thinks he's going to be friend-zoned, <laughs> he's like, it's okay, it's okay, I won't be in the way. Because he, here's a man, ladies and gentlemen, Han Solo to be fucking friend-zoned, he thinks, by Luke Skywalker of all people, and he's okay, he's, he's not okay with it, but he's going to accept it and not get in the way, because it's Leia's decision. Not his. And for me, at that moment, if I hadn't already deeply, deeply in love with Han Solo, that would have done it. Aww. (laughs) Then she's like, no, it's not life, Dan. I love you. He's my brother. (laughs) I was back in his mind thinking, oh, God, you French kissed your brother. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes. Oh. Ah, what's wrong with you, Leia? Of course, she didn't know. She didn't know. Now we know. So now every time you watch that scene and um, uh, see what was the 
That was an empire, right? Hope. Return of the Jedi. No. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So that that, that scene is in Return of the Jedi when when Han thinks he's going to be um, friend-zoned. And Empire Strikes Back is the one where she kisses Luke Scott. Right. Yeah. And and at the time, none of us, of course, knew. And we're like, oh, love triangle. Which, you know, that's a, just, the love triangle thing is such a popular trope anyway. But And then they revealed the whole brother-sister thing, and we all kind of threw up a little bit. <laughs> And now, every time you watch The Empire Strikes Back, you in the face with Leia kissing her own twin brother. Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. So if we so if you if you consider the the Han Leia as being a major thread the top five of adjusted for inflation, highest grossing films adjusted for inflation, all of the top five, they all have a strong romance component because number five is The Sound of Music. Well, of course. So, yeah, so, and that's, you know, you can't say that it's just weird to criticize romance as being um, a legitimate genre in any frame, whether it be literary or um, as an entertainment or, you know, no matter how you look at it, to say it's not legitimate, um, clearly the world wants it. We're, we're driven or by this, right? Or terrible. One of the things I've always encountered among writers is the idea that romance writers really aren't um, good writers. They're not capable of writing um, fantasy or science fiction um, with genres, Right. I've encountered that a lot, and um, the last person who to do to do that in my group had no idea that I was a romance writer, and um, I hadn't been introduced yet. And I I skipped a couple of meetings, and I I come back to the group, and um, she is over there just writing the same fantasy novel for twenty two fucking years, um, right? The same one, the same damn novel. For 22 years. And she's over there talking about how romance writers are hacks. Wow. And I hand down on the table. I said, really? And all the other people were just like, stop. Because they knew this was coming. And they were kind of like waiting for it. I think I was their entertainment for the night. I said, did you just seriously fucking say that? And then I introduced myself. And she went, oh, I um, I didn't know you were part of the group. I heard that you lived in this. You know, area, but I didn't. Um, I said that's right. I think you need to go <laughs> because I'm not a part of this group. This group is actually mine. I lead it, and you're not welcome. I my eyebrow is twitching just thinking about it. <laughs> I don't blame you. That would drive me absolutely bonkers. And the funny thing is, have you ever? Um, read a um, like a sci-fi writer or that doesn't do any kind of romance in their novels try to add romance in it's terrible oh it's awful I mean a a couple times I've run into it and I don't even remember the series Um, they you know were like five or six books in and they decided to add a romance element and it fell so horribly flat it's because a lot of times they can't write female characters 
Yeah, that could be it too. Uh, Best story about that in science fiction is Amanda Tapping. There's that scene in the first, in the in the pilot where she um where Jack O'Neill is surprised um at her accomplishments and she said just because I wear my sex organ doesn't make me anything less than you are or, or something like that, right? Well, mm-hmm. Amanda had to say this line, but it was the stupidest thing a woman and no woman says shit like this. No woman says shit like this to a man and she sure as hell wouldn't have said it to a superior officer. But she had no choice, right? Cuz it's in the script and she didn't want to lose her job and she you know she, she, she job so she said she had to wait like four or five um episodes into the series to kind of gently point out to the readers you're you're really the writers you're really fucking up my dialogue this this is this is not how women talk and they were like well we don't know how you don't know how she said well, just just write my lines like you would everybody else's and because I'm a girl and I'm saying them They'll be a woman's words. Just <laughs> for real, dudes. Yeah, write me like a human being, and and let me put the gender part. You know, that's why I'm an actor. Let me put, let me put the girl in. Just because my sex organs are on the inside, which is actually, and then later on in the series, she actually gets to make fun of that line. In one of the in, in one of the time travel episodes, she gets to make fun of that particular. Saying it because it was so, and she had she didn't want to lose her job, so she said it. But she thought it was stupid from the very start. <clears throat> I'm looking up that line to see if um. But she tells that story at conventions. Apparently, I saw the video of it on YouTube, and I was like, that is so fucking funny because there's only like two. There's like really two or three really super awkward lines. In those first, um, in, in that first season, that's one of them. And there's another one where Tilk is deciding to turn on a office, and um, he says this terrible sequence of words to O'Neill about O'Neill being the first one to make him believe it. And it is the most awkward fucking thing that comes out of Christopher Judge's mouth the entire series. I remember that scene. It was very awkward. That's when they were in the and they were being held prisoner. And he throws and was, that weapon at him. Yeah, but you're the first like, one that I believe it. Like okay. or something like that. Uh, no, it's so stupid. It's so awkwardly um, structured and delivered. And you're thinking, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? How many takes did it take to get that as unawkward as possible? Which wasn't really successful. That quote of Carter's is on a lot of people's uh, favorite quotes from the series list. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> it's so more. terrible. <clears throat> they wrote Dr. Barbie. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is yeah. true. Yeah, well, they might have had a different writing team for that. You never know. But... I think that one of the best portrayals of a woman in science fiction is probably Aaron Sung in um, Farscape. She's strong. She's vulnerable. She's vengeful. She mourns. 
she is just amazingly rendered and beautifully acted and um it's just it's great and it's like it was i think that's one of the reasons why i really super enjoyed the show not so much for michael Cry for um for you know for Crichton john Crichton, but for i almost said michael you you heard that didn't you but claudia black's performance was just amazing it was so amazing i think i think she's part of why and maybe brent ben brought her too but i think she's part of why uh stargate sg1 sort of survived um the transition out of o'neill um in Mm -hmm. season nine and that weirdo plot line with the ori and yeah i know um, And the plot line was just, for me, the plot line was dreadful. Uh, I had such a hard time. I, I, I didn't even watch all of it because I was just like, oh, this is just, ugh. But, uh, she, you know, she was she she brought a lot to the team in terms of personality, and, and um, I, I enjoyed her character. I thought she interacted well with everybody. At first, I was a little bit, huh. But the more she was there, the more I liked her. Um, yeah. It took me a little bit, but the, like I said, you know, but she, but I was so pumped for her to be on the show because of Farscape. Right. I'm trying to think if there are any other um, good sci fi. Yeah, sci fi is one of the worst genres for um, women characters. It's really difficult to to pick out really good female characters in science fiction. I mean, um, you got River and, and Firefly yeah, and Zoe. Barbara and Zoe, yeah. Zoe. Um, you've got Aaron in Farscape. Um, I don't. I don't know about Buffy. Yeah, no, I'm probably skipping. I I can't do a damn thing about it though. I I literally can't do anything about it. Well, Buffy I also put in super supernatural, so I don't really think of that as sci-fi. But um, Buffy Buffy was a little all over the map for me um, as a character. She was um, she was in turn. Sometimes she was a really uh, well, sometimes she was a teenager, which is legit because she was a teenager. And that's not always the most relatable character as a teenager, too. Uh, but other times she was an incredible leader and she was just a powerhouse and she just kicked ass and took names. And But, you know, her, she was the writers kind of wrote her all over the place. And so sometimes she was really hard to tolerate, at least for me. I mean, I know that she has a, a lot of fans. A lot of people really like her. I never her. watched the series, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, and the whole, her her co- constant epic romances with vampires, I thought was a bad choice for her. Um, for, when they made that choice with, uh, for her um, in the series, that her two biggest romances were both with vampires. It was like, why put her, it's like they're trying to create angst where it didn't need to be. Right, because they put her in conflict with herself constantly throughout the entire series, 
So that was kind of odd. It was, it was an odd writing choice. I think Babylon 5 is, uh, has some excellent, strong female characters. Delenn's a badass. Um, yeah. Mm, what's the other one? Ivanova is fucking awesome. She's amazing. I loved her character. Take No Prisoners. But I especially liked Delenn because she was um, so willing to step forward and she made the ultimate, you know, she sacrificed um, part of who she was uh, to achieve her goals. And she was very goal-oriented and she loved deeply and she was loyal and um, strong, but also vulnerable and capable of of allowing um, herself to be loved. A lot of times when men write women, they're either really hard and put off by men and they don't, or they're, they're soft and they need to be rescued. Yeah, they can't. They don't have. They don't strike a good balance with the women. It's like, because like sometimes even if if you were to, I actually read an article where they were looking at some of the, um, like they asked people to like pick out. And this is a long time ago. Like some of the top, um, strong female characters, and the then the and the top were some of the ones we've mentioned here, like um, um, Zoe Washburn from uh, Firefly, and they had. Uh, uh, Black Widow from the Avengers and there are a couple others and they kind of picked apart exactly why these weren't uh, the problem with these women is that in some, some ways a lot of them are very two dimensional in that they were they sacrificed their emotions to be strong in a lot of cases um, and that seems to be the way that it often is they're written is that they just it's like it's like you can't have both you can't have you can't be feminine and be, and I don't mean feminine as in, uh, you know, out, out, outward accoutrements, but I mean, um, you can't be nurturing and be a badass. I mean, they seem to have this disconnect, like those two things can't coexist. It's really interesting because I'm talking about Ripley in the chat room, and Ripley does get to be a badass, and she gets to be nurturing, and she gets to have this kind of emotional romantic connection with um with Hicks in Aliens in the first scene, um Ripley is uh the only survivor of of the whole thing and she she's strong but she's also she's conflicted and she's um mourning already the loss of the crew around her and she Sigourney Weaver was so human in that movie it was just amazing to watch her in that movie i've been a fan of her since alien and then when aliens came out i was so super excited oh god i was so excited to see aliens my mom took me to see it in the theater and it was rated r so i was really surprised and um she took me to see it and i was just so fucking excited and oh, oh i came home i was just like it was like i had been to see just like the best movie to ever be made. And then they made Aliens 3 and they broke my heart. Yeah. 
I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It was just the first two I movies and everything. Minion. Me and Bob are hugging it out over here. It ended after the second movie, and they, they woke up, you know, back on Earth, and everything was fine. That's the way right. it ended. That's the way Ripley it went. Ripley went home to Earth. She got her man, and she got her kid. That's How the right. story ends. And she's she's a rare exception in that she really was a really fully fleshed out character. She has and loss and just so so much strength, but also she was vulnerable, and it was just it was really great. Yeah, they let her have weakness and strength, and and it just but you know it's it's sad that you kind of flail about and you can kind of come up with one or two examples, and it's we need we need more to hold on to than that. These guys have to do a better job. I know. Or we need more women writers, one or the other. Although the sad thing is women writers often write women worse than the men do. So, And what it boils down to, I think, is that um, they're trying to emulate what's already on the market to sell. But speaking of sci-fi, I want to see The Martian so bad I, I can't hardly stand myself. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> what, but what, wouldn't what it ever... be great if she was a woman on Mars? Man? It would be. And what's his quote that he uses that just always cracks every time I see the preview? I'm going to have to Perfect. science the shit out of this. Yes, Exactly. I don't know if you've read a series of books by um, um, how am I blanking on this? Uh, Lois McMaster Bujold. It's the Vorkosigan series. Have you read that? It's a science fiction series. Maybe a long, long time ago. It sounds a little bit familiar. But I mostly read suspense these these days. So the the books the series started out with um, ultimately the series starts with. <laughs> Butterbug vomit, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's like the funniest thing I've ever read in a novel, and it's like ten books in. But anyway, um, the book, the series primarily focuses on the the kid of these two uh, these two people. But the very first novel in the series is actually sort of mostly a romance novel, and it's sort of like the. I think the author was transitioning from romance into sci-fi, and this is like her transitional book. But uh-huh. she has this badass you know, woman, female character in that novel. Um, and uh, it's one of the, it's that kind of two people stuck on a planet kind of thing together, and they have to, they're from opposite sides of a war, and they have to rely on each other to get out kind of situation. So it's, uh, but she's just, and she ultimately gives up everything to um, be, to to move to this planet with this guy and uh, and be his wife and and. But she never, you never feel like she's any less for the decisions that she make, and she's a complete badass through the entire series when she is in the books. And her son, you see so much of her in her son. And it's just that first novel, uh, which you don't need for the rest of the series, is just, it's probably my, one of my favorite books 
in the world as that first novel that is, mm-hmm. like I said, it's disconnected from the rest of the series. But I always have, a, you know, I know they'll never make that first novel into a movie, but I kind of have, you know, my fingers crossed that someday they'll make that series into a movie because Miles Rokosigan is probably one of the greatest um, characters of all time ever in a novel, in my opinion. Like the holder saying it's Cordelia's honor? Uh, Yeah. For those of you who are on the podcast, the last name is spelled V-O-R-K-O-S-I-G-A-N. First name, Miles. I'm sure they're on Amazon if you're really interested in seeing them. The first book is called Cordelia's Honor. The first book is called Shards of Honor. Um, Cordelia's Honor is... Shards of Honor. Cordelia's Honor, I believe, is a double book um, with her, the first two novels that... um, um, that she's in because uh the anyway it but the the most popular novel in the series is called The Warrior's Apprentice and it's the first novel about their son Miles when he's 17 and winds up accidentally uh gathering his own mercenary fleet. Oops. So yeah. <laughs> I stepped out and I actually came home with a mercenary fleet. Please don't get mad at me. <laughs> It was a. It was. You can get them at Bain. dot com. B a e n. dot com. Uh, Never gonna happen. Says the publisher was offering the ebooks for free. So I don't know if it's still there, but you could go check it out. And I'm, I imagine they're also on Amazon if you have a Kindle, and they're probably on Nook if you have a um, if you have a, the Nook app. So uh, definitely look for those. I'll be looking for those. Although I'm still on the fence about purchasing the Martian book because I want to see the movie so bad I could taste it. And I, I haven't read the book yet. And I've read a an excerpt of the book on Kindle. And so do I want to read the book first? And normally I do read a book before I watch a movie. But what if I read the book and it ruins the movie for me? Hmm. I'm just saying because I can't watch the Harry because the books and the movies don't match. And when they had Draco and Harry not meet on the train but meet like right before they were sorted, I was so pissed off I turned the movie off. So I've never watched the movies. So I'm afraid that if I read the book it will be a big disappointment. Well, you could always read it afterwards. Right. I think that's probably that a better you... idea because I really want to enjoy the movie. And if I watch the movie first, then the book will just be like, I'll learn stuff. But if there's scenes I want in the book, in the movie, they're in the book that I, that I don't see, it's going to piss me off. Yeah. So I think that's probably a better idea to watch the movie first because I really want to see the movie. I also want to see um, The Man from Uncle I've heard that's great. I've heard it's great too. Yeah. And I really want to get up and I need to get my butt out of the house and go and uh, watch another 9 a.m. movie. My theater near me puts movies on at like 9.30 in the morning. It's like, what the hell? Are they cheaper? No. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to get up at the ass crack of dawn to go see a movie, (laughs) it should be cheaper. And yes, I did say 9 a.m. was the ass crack of dawn. I regret nothing. (laughs) 
Yes, it's the ass crack of dawn. Although sometimes I'm not even in bed by that time yet. One night I actually, to me that was night. It was like, oh, there's a movie coming on at 9.30 and it's 8.30 now. Maybe I'll go to a movie before I go to bed. We have this um, $3 theater down the street from my house, and um, currently they're showing Pitch Perfect. So they show, they have like eight screens or nine screens, and they show older movies. And me and my mom went over there one day, it was like on a Tuesday, and um, my husband called around, and of course, um, we were getting ready to go on the movie, so I messaged him and said, me and mom are at the dollar theater, or the $3 theater, and when we're going into the movie, it used to be a dollar, but they kind of upped the prices a little bit. Um, so... He calls back because he's home, and it's like 5.30. He says, baby, where are you? I said, I'm in the lobby. Me and Mom are watching another movie. We ended up watching five movies that day. <laughs> I came home around 11 o'clock. Eric was like, where have you been? He, I said, I've been to movies. He said, for 12 hours. And I'm like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Don't judge me. They have a lot of interesting stuff. Don't judge me. I don't have anything else to do. It was after... um. I um my foot was broken so I couldn't go anywhere and do anything and I was stuck in the house and mom came and got me and um all I had to do was move around to the theaters and they were all right there together so I didn't have to you know it's a, it's a, it's a small house it's, it's not a big one so I had to I don't know maybe 50 yards to get to the next door and mom just bought all the tickets she, um, she would go get the tickets and come back okay we're going to be in this theater for this <laughs> I think they need some more popcorn <laughs> But we spent the whole fucking day at the movie theater. So, yeah. <clears throat> we did leave for dinner and come and, and go back to see. I think our last movie was... Um, uh, it was an animated movie. Um, it might have been Frozen. Brave. One of those two. Anyways, man cannot live by popcorn alone. You have to get out. I know, right? The Skittles and the popcorn did not last. How I Train Your Dragon? No, I'm I'm pretty sure it was brave. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure it was brave. It, it might have been frozen. I don't really remember. I mean, I had my foot whenever that was. The second time I broke my foot. Not not the first time I broke my foot. She's saying brave. I've done that yeah. twice too, but really far apart, <laughs> not like close together. <laughs> yeah, they were like a year apart. I I, I broke my feet a year apart. <laughs> I am not out of milk, Senna. You haven't checked lately. I got three half gallons in the refrigerator. Thank you very much. Um, but I was out of milk this morning. You creepy little thing. You creepy, creepy girl. So I was reading an article this morning, and uh, I thought about you. It was about this uh, new gasoline delivery service. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Uber for gas. It's like you call up and you order your gasoline, and they bring it to your house. I was like, oh. <laughs> Me and the man went today, and he was driving, and um, I let him drive my new car that he's paying for. And uh, he... um. He, <laughs> I said, uh, why don't you stop over and get some gas? And he said, you got to have a tank. I said, yeah, but right now you're with me so you can pump it up. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulled into the gas station and filled up my car. Yeah. Right on. I will do whatever I have to do to avoid 
putting gas in my own car. I don't blame you. It smells. Uh, it's on, it stays on my hands. There's not enough hand sanitizer in the world. Men don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, and men are more often to go to the gas station than women. So I just shared this link of this picture of these. Uh, uh, I just was running, just ran across this. These, uh, they're called. What are they called? Love guide condoms or something? Like that? <laughs> I have to click on this. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they, the, the creator's position is that they need to be properly sized. So I find it kind of hysterical. <laughs> and he packaged them to look like innocuous, so they don't look like condoms. That is really. Um... If you ever see one that looks like a banana for real, you run from it. Now, I'm, actually, I'm going to be serious for a second. When a man has a crooked penis, there are only a couple of ways that happens. Um, injury is one of them, and STDs is another. An STD can cause a man's penis to look broken or crooked. Take a risk. Just move on. And I don't mean it hangs one way or the other. I mean that it's literally got a crook in it. And uh, most often it's injury, but there are some STDs, if left untreated for a long period of time, can cause um, damage to the um, tissues. Penile fat. Yeah, penile fracture. If you if you encounter a man that has a penile fracture, if he is that unconcerned, his own junk that he broke his, I don't think you need to let him anywhere near your junk. <laughs> Just move on. You don't need someone that clumsy with their penis. But no, I am serious. The- there are some STDs if left untreated can um, corrupt and damage the tissues of the penis, and it will look slightly weird and it will be a little crooked so if that if you see that just move on ladies there's plenty of dick in the sea that's right (laughs) you don't need to take that risk dudes ladies and dudes i don't mean to be um uh gender if the dude's dick is crooked move on there's plenty more where that came from and dudes i'm sorry if your dick is crooked go see a doctor Get that shit fixed. <laughs> it's bad. If it's a literal banana, go get it fixed. Because yeah, because it can um, corrupt your, um, it can damage your uh, your tubes. Not just for um, uh, when you like semen delivery. It can um, if it can get like, get a crimp in it. It can damage your um, urethra. It can fuck up your plumbing, dudes. So go get that shit checked out. Dick shouldn't be yellow. This is this is also a concern. If the dick is off color, if it doesn't look like you think it should look, don't risk it. If you're not sure what it should if look the like, dick, research. If the dick looks like it might have once had acne... Dicks don't get acne, ladies and gentlemen. 
those are scars from herpes. And herpes has no cure. Run like the wind. Flow Joe your ass out of that situation. Because even somebody who's not actively um, in a herpes episode can still shed the virus. And a condom won't protect you, really. And a condom will not protect you from shedding. So you can get herpes even with a condom. So if you see a man whose penis looks scarred, it has, like it might have had, you know, how pits are on the face if you pick out a zit and it it, it forms a little scar. Now, some men can ha- can carry herpes and not, not be scarred. It just greatly depends. But if you see blisters um, on the testicles or on the inner thighs or on the penis itself, that is almost like almost 100%. You're, 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 you're looking at herpes. Move on. And for fuck's sake, don't put your mouth on it. Because genital herpes can become oral herpes and vice versa. Gentlemen, if you're dating somebody who has a cold sore, do not let them put their mouth on your dick. Because that's oral herpes. A cold sore is a form of herpes, and that can be put, and once it's on your dick, it's there. And you're never getting rid of it because there is the gift that keeps on giving, like Senna said in the chat room just now. I'm just keeping it real for you people. Some shit, as my grandma would say, Ajax won't get off, and herpes is one of them. So there's two strains of herpes. There's type 1 and type 2, and there is an oral and a genital strain of both. Mm-hmm. And the genital strain that, if you get the type 2 strain in your mouth, it can have critical, critical health consequences. So You can also get herpes in your eye. That's the kind that can travel into your eye and cause blindness. So, uh, this is an excellent reason to never let a man come on your face. Period. Ever. Always use a condom when you blow somebody, unless you've been married ten years. Well, maybe unless five you years. Really no. Unless you really, also, really know. Also, also, uh, HPV potentially with men could leave pits and scars. Yeah, it can. And HPV will kill you, ladies. HPV will kill you. Um, the human papilloma. Pl- say it for me. Papilloma. Virus. Um, <laughs> is um, it, it's the leading cause of cervical cancer, and it can also cause throat cancer for men with oral sex. Um, HPV is uh, contagious. It has symptoms until you have cancer, which is why you should get your pap smears so they can keep an eye on that. And if you test positive for HPV, you need to keep a really serious super eye on your cervix. Get yearly exams because HPV causes cervical cancer. There is a vaccine for HPV. um, it's not 100% effective because it doesn't af- impact all strains of, a- of HPV, and there is more than one because it is mutating, but um, better to be safe than sorry. You need to get the vaccine young. The, mm-hmm. the younger you protected you are. Now, there is some concern about the vaccine causing for, um, fertility problems. 
but that's unsubstantiated because the vaccine hasn't been out long enough. But you have to ask yourself, would you rather have the slim statistical likelihood of percent chance of having a minor fertility problem that could be treated with in vitro? Or would you rather get cancer? I think we have the answer to that, right? Mm-hmm. So if it looks funny, walk away. Because as we right. discussed already, some it, condoms help with a lot of STDs, but not all of them. And those that are passed through viral shedding, you can pick up through contact with the thighs, for anywhere from the waist pretty much to mid-thigh. So you're not protected by condoms. And, and uh, yeah, something else to consider is that don't let a man pull out, take off the condom, and come on you. New. No. Don't let a man come on you because they most often, and this is this is really gross. Those of you who have never um, had a sexual relationship, men favor two locations for coming on you. One of them is your genitals, and the other is your face. And I, it is horrific. Don't let people come on you. It's not worth the risk. You can pulling out and coming on somebody is dangerous for STDs, as not using a condom at all. And that's all I gotta say about that. We're down to ninety seconds. I want to thank Jilly and Lady Holder both for um, chatting with me tonight about all this very. And that's really. I mean, I'm. I'm I was so. God, ugh, this this week has sucked. I've barely gotten any sleep at all because I've been worried about something. But that's beside the point. You guys have a great weekend. I'll probably see you on Sunday. It might be Saturday. Not sure. It just really depends on my mother tomorrow and and what she has planned. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. Bye. Say good night. <laughs> good night. Shut up and sit down. Yeah! <laughs>